So we begin to see here over the last few weeks that we've been talking about a few things. We talked about something called a free life, a free life. We also talked about a few other things, and we've been talking just on the theory of Instagram, and we also talked about something called no filter, no filter. And I hope that helps somebody um, that, uh, that not only in this that you can get a free life, uh, you can also begin to have a no filter where uh, your filter is got to be filtered in Jesus. Amen. That it's not just something that you keep the darkness out, but you let the full light in. Amen. And um, so this week, I want to talk about something called hashtag goals. If you look around the internet uh, and around social media, there is become a very popular phrase called hashtag Goals and, and, and one thing that I try to do is I try to keep my ear to the ground of what young people are saying today. Um, one thing that I believe, and I heard Billy Graham say this, and, and I'll quote it from Billy Graham because I've heard many great ministers say this, that our methods change, but the word never say It always stays the same. And we've always got to keep our ear to the culture, but yet our, but never get involved in the culture, but let us affect the culture, right? Uh, that's why in the windows you'll see that not only do we experience God, we equip believers, but we engage, we engage the culture. And so you've got to get right where the culture is at and then shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. You got to get right in the culture, and you got to begin to shout Jesus. You got to just get in and as loud with your life and with your with your voice and with everything in you, and just let your life shout Jesus with everything in us. And so, there's this popular thing that's going around, and it's called hashtag goals. It's it's something that literally means it's something that you're trying to do or achieve, but it's something in which is directed in order to obtain it. That is something that is called goals. But but it it, it that's the the proper word for goals. It is something that is trying to be achieved. Something that's trying to be obtained, uh, but it has to take effort in which to obtain it. Um, but the hashtag goals in itself means that it is something that is almost facetious. It's almost something that is unattain- unattainable. No matter how long I live, I will never look like the rock. Hashtag goals. I'll I never look like the rock because he can't look like me. <laughs> You'll see things that you'll see people in great relationships and you'll wonder and say that that right there is a great, great, that right there, hashtag goals. And so you see these things and they'll say, uh, they'll be like hashtag hair goals. That's women because men, we don't have hair goals. Thank God. And they're right, Brian. Uh, we don't have hair goals. We don't. Well, <laughs> one curl. Uh, we don't have those kind of goals uh, or hashtag different time. And I want to give you a few this morning and just kind of start off with fun, some few funny things. Uh, but the first one I want to start off with something called hashtag money goals. Hashtag money goals. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I've seen someone just recently up in our church uh, declared this. Uh, this is what happened in their life recently. And I won't name no names, but they did throw this out there. And this was their hashtag money goals. This happened in our church. I promise you, this isn't down the street. This ain't in L.A. This ain't in Chicago. Uh, they might be even be sitting beside you, and I can name them out, but I'll leave them anonymous. Uh, hashtag money goals. It's a Bentley car with money all around it. That sounds great, don't it? Okay. A couple other ones. Hashtag vacation goals. That might be your goal. I don't particularly want to be running from giraffes. I've done it before. I don't want to do it on mission trips ever again unless I'm in a safari vehicle going as fast as I can. Let's get another one, Michael. Uh, I don't know about you. That's my hashtag for vacation goal right there. 
Y'all want to know how, how I, I go to my job every day. And you ever hear people say this? You'll say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just living the dream. You ever hear people say that at your job? And you know what my response is? My dream does not involve this at all. My dream involves palm trees, coconuts, and, and just fresh air and clear water. That's my goal right there. You want to know what makes your pastor happy? You're looking at it. With my baby sitting right beside me. And I don't mean my kids, I mean my wife. The rest of them can stay home. I need no, I love you, Bert, I love you, Bert, but I, I, no kids, just me and my wife right there. Hashtag vacation goals. Hashtag fitness goals. Uh, a few of y'all in the room, I've seen y'all run these kind of races. Uh, y'all are crazy. Uh, God did not make me a 300 warrior. Uh, sorry, Spartan racers. Uh, I wish I could, but I ain't there. That could be your goal. So let's show them another one. Uh, hashtag that Jay. Jay, where's Jay in the room? Uh, that may be Jay in his past life. I don't know. Uh, that might be my goal and my dream. That may never happen in my life, huh, Rob? We'll, we'll never get there, brother. Hashtag fitness goals. That could be your goal. That's my wife. A lot of days she's running up the hills, her and Don and Brandy running up mountains. I have a car. That's what cars are made for mountains. Uh, you know, donkeys. If I got nothing else, I'm running a donkey up a hill. I'm not doing that. Hashtag relationship goals. Let's go into a few other goals there. Uh, that's my favorite one of all. That one's just funny. That one's just funny. Okay, let's go to another hashtag relationship goal. That right there should be all of our goal right there if you're in a relationship. That one's really not facetious. I just wanted to throw that one in there. Uh, go to another one. Uh, I like that one. Been together since 1946. Yo, Yankees. All right. Uh, for all the Pokemon Go people in the house, that one right there is probably y'all's relationship goal. Uh, I, that's not my goal. That's not my goal. Okay, let's go to a few other ones. Uh, hashtag, and this is some of my favorite ones, the squad goals. Um, that used to be, when I was a kid, my squad goal right there. What does squad mean? That means that's my friends. That's my boys. Or as y'all say, that's y'all's girls. I don't know. Uh, that right there when I was 10 years old was my squad goal right there. Not that, the one before that. I always wrecked on bicycles. I didn't do well with those things. But that right there, playing third base, you best believe you'd find me somewhere in there. All right, the next one, some bicyclers. Uh, but this is my favorite one coming up, and, and this Jesus even had a squad. Can y'all know that? Jesus had 12, and that was his squad goals right there. Uh, winning souls and making disciples together. Squad, hashtag squad goals Jesus. Y'all can laugh this morning, okay? Y'all can laugh. I got my preaching shoes on, give me time. Hashtag Jesus, hashtag squad goals Winning souls, making disciples together. Hashtag two by two. <laughs> Hashtag minus Judas. Okay. <laughs> Let's get serious. Put it back on the screen there. So there's this thing going around where hashtag goals. But it also has a place where 
uh, it's almost unattainable. It says hashtag goal in the context of something aspirational or outlandish. It is perceived a quality of life that we categorize as unattainable by deeming something out of reach, almost even ironically. We're committed on it as much as it is our own limitations. I remember when I was in New York and we were taking a tour, I saw this huge building and, 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 and Jay-Z and Beyonce lived there. And in my mind, I said hashtag goals. That's right there. I don't I mean I don't want to be like Jay Z and Beyonce because they're cray cray, but I, I that building hashtag goals. It was almost unattainable. I'll never live there for the rest of my life. It'll never happen. But I want to say this because how many know we all have to have goals? Okay, we all. Your goal should not just be to get out of bed in the morning. How many know sometimes that's a good goal, but it should go beyond that. That you should set goals within your life. I remember a lot of times that if you ever, I, where you, where I'm a pastor, I counsel a lot of people with marriages and, and people that are going to get married. And, and it's like when, they're, when, they're, when you're going through counseling, their whole entire goal is to get to this stage and say, I do. That's their goal. They make it beautiful. Oh, by the way, Jay, you were just up on the screen. Bro, you were, you were I mean, for real, like, I'll show you later. Uh, just want to throw that out there. There he is, yeah. All right, go back, please. Their whole goal, <laughs> their whole goal is to get to this stage and to say, I do. They put planning into it. They do all kinds of resources in it. I mean, they spend all kinds of mom and dad's money to get to this moment right here. They act like bridezillas. They act crazy. Everything's got to be in place. And their goal is to get to that day and say, I do. But the one thing that I fail to see in their life and that I try to bring awareness of is what is your goal after you say, I do? Because how many you know that's when real life starts? They look beautiful on the day I do, but how many you know when you wake up the next day and your breath still stinks? How many you know you got to have a plan to keep going? When that person gets on your nerves a year later, you got to have a plan to have a goal to how do we keep going. I remember when I married my wife, I stood right across from her, and I remember looking at her, and I promise you with everything in me, I did not see her as a young, 20-something young, beautiful woman, but I saw her with gray hair, with wrinkles, uh, sitting on a porch, swinging back and forth with great kids. and when I said I do, my goal was to be there, not at that moment. you got to have a goal that no matter what I face in life, life i'm going to the end goal not to the short goal because the short goal will make you get disappointed in life when circumstances get up and when when emotions get all invested in it that's why we have a high divorce rate now than we've ever had before because it's easy to set a goal it's a it's harder to carry out the goal you got to make up in your mind i will do everything come hell or high water i will accomplish the goal that god has in front of me somebody say goals and so the reality is a lot of people have good intentions they have very good intentions but they're not a goal they're good intentions they're good intent but they're not a goal how do we know if you're going to make it through education you've got to see yourself on the stage when you're going through it because how do we know along the way and all the tests and all the cramming and all the late nights and all the all the failed tests and all the good tests and all the bad grades and all the good grades if you don't see yourself standing on the stage 
you'll never make it to the goal. But you got to have the goal in mind when you're going through a thing. Can I tell you something, One Life? That when we started this back in November, and when we started talking about this, you guys don't know this, but we started talking about this even last July, one year ago. I did not get in this to see what I see today. Thank God for the short-term goals. Thank God for how far we've came. Thank God for all the people being saved. Thank God for all the all the lives being turned around. But I saw myself in the long-term goal. That God, I saw us planting other churches. God, I saw us sending out sons. I saw us sending out daughters. I saw a young youth, a strong youth group. I saw an empowered kids ministry. I saw all kinds of ministry all around me. That when I stood through an empty building, I stood in my mind and said, hashtag goals. I know where we're going because it's not through my own strength, but it's the strength that lives within me. My good God. And no matter what we do for a goal, your goal is only going to be good, only as good as the goal is good. Okay, I didn't say that right. The goal is only as good as the goal is good. It doesn't matter how hard you drive a nail into life. It doesn't matter how good you do it. You could be on point with it, driving it as good as you can. But if you're driving a piece, uh, a hammer and a nail into a piece of rotten wood, it'll never do you good. My question is, are you driving good things into good goals? Are you driving good things into to good goals? Have you ever got lost and you're making perfect timing going lost? Okay, nobody's ever gotten lost. Maybe I'm the only person who's ever got lost before. But I'm telling you, I have made perfect timing going in the wrong direction. It wasn't the goal. My goal was to get to the destination, but I thought I was going in the right direction. You've got to check and ask yourself, is my goal going in the right direction? Or am I spinning my wheels? Am I wasting my time? You cannot just get up and live life just just occasionally how you want to live it. You've got to have a goal to where you are going. They tell you how to lose weight is the best thing you can possibly do is to put your end result in front of you. You got to put your end result in front of you. Because there are things along the way. The brownies, the pizza, the late night binging that will get you distracted and make you feel off. But if you can remind yourself, I just had a bad day. If you would ask my wife, what am I one of my catchphrases about me is that it's just a day. I don't care if we have the worst day imaginable. I look at her and I say, it's just a day. Tomorrow will be better and tomorrow will be brand new. Can I, can I get men, can I give you a little advice? I'm a, and, and women, shut off your ears for a moment because I'm going to give them some great advice. Uh, if you're fighting, it's just a day. It's just a day. Tomorrow they will wake up a whole new person. And if they don't wake up a whole new person, give it another day. And if that day don't work, give them ice cream and let them wake up the next day. Don't shake your head, honey. The reality is, it's just a day. 
Don't get so wound up in this day that you forget the goal. But continue to say, my goal is so far down the destination. I remember what got me in my marriage that helped us so much to where I said, why in the world are we fighting when we're going to still be together next week? It's pointless. If I see myself with you next week, why am I fighting with you today? And so when you can realize that I'm not in this to end it, I'm not in this to end a thing, but I'm in this for the long haul. And if I would just let a day be a day, no matter what the day feels like, no matter what, if it doesn't feel right, or if it doesn't feel wrong, or if it feels great, it's just a day. But I'm so thankful that God said, my day has new mercies, new grace that is good with him every single day. Yeah, I don't care what I did yesterday. If I get up today, his grace says, there is new grace for the day. I don't care what I did last week. There is new mercy for the day. And if I can just get to the next day, that's why the Bible says, weeping shall endure for a night. But joy, somebody shout joy. Joy comes in the morning. Oh, my good God. Can I tell you something? The darkest, the darkest time of the whole entire night only lasts 60 seconds. My good God. There is only one moment in the whole entire night that is at its darkest point, And it lasts 60 seconds of your life. And if you can just endure the 60 seconds, the morning is coming in your life. And I'm telling you, joy is coming back. Joy is coming to your marriage. Joy is coming to your finances. Joy is going to turn around a thing and throw you into tomorrow. Oh, my good God. I also see this thing that goes across Facebook and Twitter and all these things. And it'll say hashtag church goals. And they're quite funny. Um, because sometimes I'll see, uh, especially my brothers and sisters in the black church, uh, which I don't like calling it that because we're all one church. But I'm just going to call it what the, what the street term is. Uh, and they'll have the greatest looking hat on. Be posing for my hashtag go- church goals. And I like it. it makes me laugh. You'll see it on Easter. Everybody's decked out, family looking good. Hashtag church goals. Uh, I seen one more one time where it was an old, beautiful, orthodox church. Wonderful stained glass windows. and I mean, just beautiful, beautiful things. And people dressed in robes and this, this pomp and circumstance. And, and I remember this person saying, hashtag church goals. And, and then I also saw this church one time, and it looked like, I'm just going to throw it out there because everybody knows who Joel Osteen is, but it looked like thousands of people and beautiful lighting and great show. And it's a hashtag church goals. And all these things have begun to make me wonder to where I ask myself, what is the goal with all this? What is, what is the goal? Because a lot of us with goals, we stop and think, and how do I self-help within all this? And when I think about God and I think about who he is, I can't imagine God walking through Barnes and Nobles to the self-help section going, how can I get goals today? But how do you know his goal is that all people shall be saved? Okay, that was two amens because if the rest of y'all would have got that, his goal is that all men shall be saved. His goal is that all men shall be baptized and declare that underneath the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and in Jesus' name, whoever you want to put it up underneath, he says that all men shall be saved and baptized and declared glorious within me. 
Hashtag church goals. And I thought about this, that is the goal that we make everybody within the church perfect and we're perfected within him. And we just heard some about that last week, that, that there's a perfect life within him. And I agree with that completely. But the reality is, I wonder, is it that everybody in this room becomes perfected and perfect within him? Because what I found out about perfect people is they look down on everybody else around them. Y'all know some perfect people? I mean, for real. Y'all know perfect people? I mean, perfect people at your job, perfect people in your family, perfect people at the grocery store. But the Bible tells me that there is no man that is perfected within him, but there is only one man that came and was perfect. And the only way that I can be perfect is to be within him. And so the reality is, is that if I have a group of perfected people that are within four walls, but I don't allow the sick people to come in, have I messed up the goal? But the Bible says, could you imagine that if a doctor would open up a clinic and said for perfect people only? I remember driving down the road one time and I saw a, a, a mounds of dirt and it said clean dirt available. And I thought that should probably be on every church around America, that sign right there. Clean dirt available. Clean dirt. But can I tell you something? Clean dirt is still dirt. But I thank God that God said, you ain't got to be clean dirt before you ever come to me. But you can come to me with dirt with rocks in it. Somebody with rocks in it should have shouted amen right there. You can come to me with rocks with muck all in it. You can come to me with mess all within you. You can come to me with some roots all in you. You can come to me however you are. I'll take you with whatever dirt that you come with me at. But I've accepted you because there was a blood that a blood, a blood that is accepted. When it gets applied to the dirt, it cleans the dirt up. And so try to imagine a physician that would stand there and say, I don't want any sickness. I don't want any sickness people in the camp. But the reality is that turns into religious folk. That turns into religious folk don't want dirty people. But I'm so thankful that Jesus, the very ones that religious folk constantly ran from, Jesus said, I will accept and bring them unto me. I will take a leper and I'll hug them as tight as I can be. I'll take the very untouchable and I'll hug them. The goal should be that we don't come perfected with him him but we are an outreach of Jesus' hands we are an outreach of Jesus' feet that a bunch of imperfect people get shoes for the kingdom of God and goes find more sick people that's why Jesus said why would a physician come if my people were not of sickness oh my good God I want to tell you something church you are the church This building is not the church. Thank God for every hand that was labored in it. But this church is not the building. This building is not the church. Thank God for all the renovation. Thank God for all the beautiful things. Thank God for all the lighting. Thank God for the stage lighting. Thank God for worship. But can I tell you something? You are the heartbeat of the church. You are the people. You are the body. You are the outreach arms. You are the outreach feet. You are the outreach mouth. You are everywhere you go. You are the church everywhere you go. So I want to say this. We can never become so goal digging that we forfeit real goals for counterfeit ones. We can never become so goal digging that we forfeit real goals for counterfeit goal ones. 
Because as I see this phrase, hash chest goals, and don't wrong, nothing wrong with it, but it, it forfeits what's real. Because when I see that and I see hashtag money goals, the reality is I'm reminded of a verse that says you have planted much. And you have harvested little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you have not filled. But you have clothes on, but you are not warm. You earn wages, but you put them into a purse with holes within it. See, the world will tell you to take your money and keep it. It'll tell you, tell you the money, take your money and store it up. And I'm not telling you the Bible doesn't tell us to be good stewards. We are to be good stewards with our money. But if our money constantly goes to Mickey Mouse, and our money constantly goes to Pokemon, and our money constantly goes to cars and our money constantly goes to new clothes and our and our money constantly goes to new boats it constantly has holes within it because i don't care how nice your truck is today tomorrow it'll have a scratch on it tomorrow it'll have a flat on it and you'll have to invest more money but one thing i like about jesus is he said don't hold on to your money but give your money away because it is me that gave it to you that's one thing i like about the kingdom is he says don't hold on to it but Release it and give it out to other people because you can't outgive God. And what I gave you, I'll give you more. Oh. I've never ever spoke about money in this church for eight for almost nine straight months. But I'm gonna tell you something. If we will become a giving church. I'm telling you, God will always pour back everything we give unto him. I'm telling you, if we will become a giving. Can I tell you what drives me nuts? I don't know if I can back this up, but I swear to you, I'm going to try as hard as I can. I will never be that church that always is constantly trying to sell something to somebody rather than give something to somebody. I can't stand those hot dogs selling bake sales giving churches. If people would stand up and give to the kingdom of God, you ain't got to have a hot dog sale. You ain't got to have a bake sale. God put the funds for the kingdom in your pockets that funds this ministry, that funds this vision. And if we will give it away, I'm telling you, God will give it back to us. Press down, shake it together, and run it over. In my spirit, I'm telling you what I see, and this is hashtag goal. You can take it how you want it. But we are right in the industrial part of the whole entire Kanawha County. All through this valley, there are people that work every single day. Work at John Ammons' plant. Work at the industrial plants. Work in businesses doing graphics. Work here. Work there. They work every single day. And can I tell you something? How wonderful would it be for a church to call them and say, how many people you got working at your place tomorrow? Well, we got 25. Well, you tell them 50 hot dogs is on the way. Well, what do we owe you? We don't owe, you don't owe us nothing but the love of Jesus Christ. We just want to pour a seed into you for how hard you work for our valley, how hard you work for our state, how hard. And listen, you don't owe us nothing in return, but we're just showing you the love of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, we got to get back to the place. Listen, you remember when Jesus had a bunch of people hungry in front of him? He didn't say, go find me a, ba- a bunch of baked goods and put a quarter on them. And go get a bunch of hot dogs and put a dollar on them. But he said, bring unto me what you got and I'll multiply it and make it much. Listen, if we will give unto God, I'm telling you what we give unto him. I'm telling you he will multiply it and make it expand in this house and reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hashtag money goes that.
told you I got my preaching shoes on today. Okay, <laughs> let me pull that back. I feel people get jacked up over money. Let me get back. Let me get back. Hashtag relationship goals, hashtag squad goals. Let me deal with that for a second. Because if you look at people around you, who is around you will determine your future. If you don't want to be, if you don't want to be like you are today, look at who you're, who's around you and determine are they worth being in my life and do you ever see them changing? And if you don't ever see them changing, you got to change your friendships. You got to change your squad. You got to change the ones that are around you. Because I'm telling you this, your friendships will determine your future. If all your friends are negative, 10 years from now, you'll always stay negative. If your friends are all alcoholics and addicts, have you ever noticed addicts always stay together? Because they encourage one another with the addiction. But can I tell you something? If you'll say, I don't want to be an addict any longer, and if I got to be by myself. (laughs) See, sometimes, can I tell you something? In the transition, you won't find your squad at first, but you got to let your new squad be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's old school preaching, but sometimes you got to get in the room and say, Jesus, if it's only me, you, and the Holy Ghost and the Father, God, we're going to start our own squad, and I'm going to run with you until you give me a group of believers that are just like me around me, not to isolate me, but that we may be strengthened to go out and grab new believers and pull them into the kingdom for such a time as this. Jesus even knew this. That's why he said, I'm not sending you out individually, but I'm going to send you out two by two because he understood squad goals. I feel ridiculous preaching this stuff. How do you change it? Every single week you walk in here, you have an opportunity to change your squad. You have the next steps, which is the first introduction to get you into a place where you say, you know what? It's the first place besides salvation beyond. I'm talking about natural things. Salvation is the biggest thing that will change your life. Baptism is the biggest thing that will change your life. But the natural things is the reality is is that you get into the next step and you say, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to get around some life groups. I'm going to get around some serving teams because you know what I'm finding out about our serving teams? They're the biggest life group you can get into. They will pick you up, encourage you. You'll laugh together. You'll grow together. You will begin to do things. Listen, if if you're not growing and you're in a serving team, change serving teams. Or can I tell you something? Maybe you're in a serving team and maybe you don't feel like you're growing. What are you doing to grow the group? Are you encouraging somebody else? So many times we want to be encouraged, but we don't want to encourage somebody else. But can I tell you something? The greatest encouragement is when you show love to somebody else, even when you don't got it got down inside of you. If you'll take what little bit of capacity of love you got and show it to somebody else. And I'm not talking about asking somebody about service. Are they going to be there? Are they going to show up in time? But I'm asking, I'm, I'm talking about how's your week doing? How's your kids doing? How's your job doing? Ask somebody else how they are doing and change your squad all around. Second Corinthians 5 verse 5. He says the only guarantee of things to come no matter the goal is to be deposited into by the Spirit. The only guarantee to come no matter the goal is to be deposited to because can I tell you something? How many of you know that Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, he says, Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. 
How many know you can set all the goals and the plans you want to in your life? And don't get me wrong, you can, you can spend all kinds of energy getting there. But the Bible says the only guarantee in life is if the Holy Spirit deposits something inside of you. Okay, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Peter came back to Jesus and Peter said, Jesus, we got this whole entire town saved. Jesus stopped. He said, okay, you got him saved. That's good. But one thing I like about it, he said, did you get him filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, did you get him filled with the Holy Ghost? It is so important. I know we may feel modern today. I know it may feel like it's a modern message, but I want to go so old school on you. The Acts chapter 2, he said, you tarry until the Holy Ghost endues you with power. Because I'm telling you this, you can get saved, but still feel powerless. You can get baptized and still feel powerless. But he said, I'm going to give you a power that is going to do you to where no demon can touch you, no addiction Come at, can come at you. No thing can come at you. But you are endued with power. And I'm telling you, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't know what you are missing. Let me put this the way you understand it. It's like eating a cupcake with no icing. It's good, but there's nothing like it. My God, that's a Facebook post all by itself, ain't it? It's good, but there ain't nothing like it with the icing on top of it. I am telling you, when you get the Holy Ghost down inside of you, you understand why people shout. You understand why people lift their hands. You understand why people run around the room. You understand why people clap and dance and jump because they've been endued with power. You are never going to be able to handle what's going on at your job until you get endued with power. You're never going to be able to do it in your family until you get endued with power. It is the only guarantee that is in this life that when you get filled up with the Holy Ghost, I am telling you, he will shift things within you, things you were struggling with before. He will give you strength where it felt like you never had strength before. You just pray, Holy Ghost, give me strength. I am telling you this, you got to get to the place. Listen, I may get you, I may shake up every religious person person in this place but it's okay just let me preach how i want to preach it listen so many people say the goal is just to get to jesus and it's okay if, if, if you if you don't like what i'm saying my email is pastor rich at hurricanechurch.com don't come to me after church just email me i don't want to hear it jesus said after me i'm going to send another one this ain't in my notes i just feel the holy ghost pushing this there is one that is coming after me that is going to endue you with power. He is going to be the comforter. He said, I am just the first step. Just like when you say I do, I am the first step. But there is another step that is after me that is called being filled and endued with the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, and I must say the thing that's going to shake you up, religious folk. We are so focused on the cross. Oh my gosh. That all we can think about is the cross 
and the cross alone. But can I tell you something? The cross was nothing more than the door to get you to resurrection. You are so focused on the cross and Jesus ain't even there any longer. Uh, Jesus ain't in the grave, but he's sitting at the right hand of the throne. And he's saying, be endued with power of the Holy Ghost. Second uh, Corinthians, I'm in with this. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9. He says, my only goal is to be well-pleasing unto God. My only goal is to be well-pleasing So many of us are looking for our purpose, our goal in life. But if we will start at God, I want to please you. I'm telling you, everything else will fall in line. If I don't worry about my tomorrow, but I'm pleasing to God today. If I'm pleasing to him and my actions. Rob, I was thinking about something when when you made the mistake. Which you never make mistakes, but when you corrected And he said, did you want to hear a mistake? And he switched it back. Can I tell you something? Most of us know we are going throughout the day with our capo in the wrong place. Knowing that our attitudes are in the wrong place. Knowing that our lives are headed in the wrong direction. But sometimes all you got to do is take a prayer break and say, God, let me switch keys for today. My good God, let me switch my attitude for today. God, everybody's driving me crazy. God, it's the Holy Ghost that's going to give me power to get through this thing. God, let me switch this thing up on the devil. He thought he had me in the wrong key. He thought he had me in a mistake. He thought he had me in this affair. He thought he had me in this abuse. He thought he had me in a jacked up situation. But I'm going to switch it up on the devil and say the Holy Ghost has given me power to be pleasing unto him. Stand with me this morning. I feel this this morning. This is so out of my notes. But I'm telling you, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to come to this altar now. I don't care if you're a musician. I don't care if you're on the soundboard. I don't care who you are. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and you even have a doubt of it, I want you to run to this altar now and say, God, it's time. It's time that I get endued with power for my situation. Come on, don't wait for the music to come. I want you to begin to come. Come on. Come on, I don't care who you are. I don't know who you are. But I'm telling you, God wants to undo you with power for your situation. You know what? Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Ghost just like my car. I got to keep filling it up. I got to keep filling it up. No matter how long I drive, I got to stop and fill it up. Maybe you need a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost today. A fresh feeling. A fresh feeling. God said, let that be your goal. So if that's you today, I want you to come. Come on. And you know what? You're sitting there. I hear, I hear it in my spirit. Some of you are saying, I don't even understand this. This ain't like I usually do church. I don't even understand the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something? When I first met my wife, I didn't know her. She didn't know me. But the more we spent time together, the more we got to know each other. And you ain't got to understand the Holy Ghost to get to know him. <laughs> 